Previously on the Sakura Rangers podcast, McKenna declared war on the rest of the Rangers after Robert beat her at Disney Trivia Night and planted bombs around the void, nearly destroying the Rangers and everything they loved in the process. During the explosions, Dane and DJ showed up on their totally awesome and totally not just there as an ex machina spaceship to rescue the Rangers, including McKenna, who decided to go and pop a escape pod as soon as possible. In his most brilliant moment yet, Dane inspired the team to continue the podcast after the last three seasons of mediocrity with something new and exciting a mission through the void called Space! only to be immediately sucked out the airlock along with DJ and about half of their shit, including supplies, rations, and the only computer still logged in to Dane's Netflix account. These are their stories. Captain's Log, Stardate, Taco Tuesday. These are the adventures of the starship Dane Might Be Dead. Our mission this week, to boldly go where no podcaster ever has before. This, my crew, under the leadership this week of Captain Red Ranger, Robert, and his noble crew, his engineer, Cole, the Green Ranger, head of communications. I'm Amy... You might want to try that again. <laughs> oh, she's she's got a bad internet right now. Yeah. Damn it, we've lost communications. <laughs> we've lost communications. And that's why she's in charge of communications. <laughs> this is not a good sign. <laughs> the starship oh, no. team might be dead is going down. <laughs> if Every- you can hear the sound of my voice, please reach out to us. I don't understand. I got these walkie-talkies from Walmart. <laughs> oh my God. Why this isn't working. As you all know, I'm very technologically minded and perfect choice to outfit a communication system for the ship. You keep breaking up every time you say those at like the perfect time. Really? That's lovely. These walkie-talkies from monthly <laughs> I'm going to switch to buy uh, Barbie walkie-talkies. Back up. It's much more reliable. Can you, can you hear me now? Roger. Next in lineup, over. Our chief combat engineer. John, I guess I'm the Silver Ranger now. That is topical, considering we are in space at this point. And finally, the ship's figurehead. The sexiest one of all. The only one who is not allowed to talk for the rest of this podcast. Larry the Wonder Monkey. Oh, I thought, okay. I thought it was going to be, okay. I just, uh, what, who am I? Am I, am I anyone then? I'm just. And our stowaway. Oh, I'm a stowaway. Okay. Clearly going to be the most likable of all of us in the long term. Yeah, I'm charismatic. Yeah. The one everybody's going to root for all the way through. The guy who keeps trying to go and shove a little drill necklace into every corner and hole in the ship. I went for a Gurren Logan joke and I totally failed that one. I know, I got it. I, that's what I thought you were going through is Gurren Logan. Anyways, I'm Tyler. I, I, I'm i that guy. I guess the Black Ranger. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm confused. I'm confused as much as you are. Why Apparently we're Black in space Ranger, now. Yeah, why would the... We're in space. Goddamn. It's yes, dangerous if you, out here. If you don't understand what just happened, please listen to the intro to this episode to go and get your information again. Because clearly you weren't listening at the beginning of this podcast. Anyway, I'm done with that stick for <laughs> oh this week. <laughs> Where? What are? What's going on here? I don't God. know. I mean, we lost communications, and I'm just like, fuck, this whole thing's lost. Yeah. Uh, it's all that canned oxygen on our ship. It's doing things to our system. Mmm, uh, canned oxygen. Restricting oxygen to our brains, making us say crazy things. Spaceballs brand canned oxygen. It's called space madness. We've only been out here for like 24 hours. Yeah, I know. We're not going to survive this whole season, I don't think.
literally been five minutes. Space madness. Well, we're in a new season. Rob, what have you brought us to talk about? Oh my for god! Our first episode. Okay, we of like mystery science theater. Like you're the evil woman, and you're logging crap down that we have to watch. That's like only the newest seasons. It was actually an evil male scientist for like majority of the seasons. Yeah, but you know it's 2019. You know you got to go on sex day, though. Felicia Day. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, honestly, um, I don't even know where to go. You know, we've been off the air for two weeks, uh, did our usual hiatus. And it seems like uh, everything on the planet just decided to go and drop news wise. That's uh, why we left the the planet. Yeah, exactly. Actually, it seems like as soon as we launched, everything blew up. (laughs) <laughs> please don't foreshadow our deaths <laughs> no I meant everything that we left behind I'm the plucky stowaway I'm not gonna die cause I'm the comic relief yep wanna bet <laughs> <laughs> you're going out with me <laughs> take, me, take me with you he's taking the whole ship down with him oh, that's God, alright no no, no 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 just the stowaway god damn, god damn. <laughs> I already I can... know I'm gonna die just I'm gonna take the stowaway with me yeah <laughs> Because you're the engineer, I guess. Apparently. If anything, the combat expert dies first. Red shirt and all that. Oh. Yeah. Wait. Ironically, you're wearing a red shirt. Anyway. Uh, Shit. <laughs> I made a huge mistake making this season in space. <laughs> oh, oh, God. All right. Enough of our meta humor as it is. Uh, but yeah, everything has kind of dropped in the last couple of days. Uh, Amy took a trip to Disneyland, and uh, everybody hates her for it. Mm-hmm. You went to Disneyland, too. Shh, don't let them know that. And he hates that you were there with him. He's like, who's this person? God damn, I wanted to go to Disneyland, Disneyland alone by myself, and then this girl tagged along. And then my fucking wife came. His oh, wife God. came. I know. If anything, I was the stowaway title on their trip. I will say, I was very happy about the fact that without apparently making it clear that I was not telling my wife that you were coming, that you still managed to keep the secret. That sounds so sketchy. <laughs> that sounds really sketchy. And- that okay, sounds yeah, extremely and- sketchy. Yeah, By the way, I, not, I didn't really tell good. my wife that I invited another woman on our trip. <laughs> In my defense, I also didn't tell her where we were going. His wife and I are friends, so that's... Well, I know, but still. Yeah, I get it. I, I, I get it. It sounds awkward out of context. But I don't no, know seriously. if I made it sound more And it was awkward in context as well. Yeah. No, that was the three-way. Those jokes aren't funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little funny, because who would ever believe that somebody would want to have sex with you voluntarily? Nobody nobody wants to have sex with this, let alone two women. (laughs) Well, maybe we can find you a hot alien specimen out here. Mm -hmm. That that would be kind of cool. Dibs. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably going to be the stowaway. I don't know. Maybe both. (laughs) There you go. There's your freeway, Rob. Depends how many holes she has. It has, I guess. Do they have speed? Ah, gender doesn't matter. It's in space. I made a huge mistake making this season in space. <laughs> Fuck, why did we blow up the void? Because right. we needed it as propulsion to push us out. I guess, I guess. There's a lot of science and math behind it that I'm not going to talk about because it's not going to make sense. But basically it means this going like this, push this, this, and now we're out here. Yeah. Soccer <laughs> arrangers in space. So many it's... holes, so little time. Yep. <laughs> so many plot holes, so little time. <laughs> I didn't say plot holes. I just said holes. Just watch. Oh. This is the season that we actually start producing merch, and somebody demands that that has to be one. Yeah. <laughs> Soccer arrangers in space. So many holes, so little time. <laughs> like, that's what we're going to be known for. Fuck. <laughs> Ugh. All right. But. Yeah, uh, Amy got to go to Disneyland. Uh, I assume had a great time. Uh, got to have a crazy VR experience there. I heard about that. Uh, Void. I heard that's like a. It's not a VR experience. It's a. They call um, it hyper reality. Well, because it's augmented reality, is it not? Well, it's it's a weird one because it is actually virtual. So you are 
fully immersed in a digital world. But unlike traditional VR where you're stationary, it had you moving through a real world environment. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to let Amy talk about this because this is so cool. I've been doing research on the actual technology itself. So uh, I'm going to let Amy just talk about what we actually did in it. And I'll explain the technology as we go along. So this thing was not actually in Disney World. Uh, basically, what you did, you signed your consent forms and you go and they have these harnesses suspended on hooks. You get in your harness. It's kind of heavy. It has some um, haptic feedback motors. Uh, I was going to say plastic parts, but yes. <laughs> um, and they things that vibrate. You are on a QR code, and it scans to your things, so then it's all synced up. You pick the color for your stormtrooper, and you put on a VR helmet, and then they put you in a room, and you're going through all these scenarios. And in the rooms, you're moving through the physical space, kind of like if you're moving through a haunted house. They have various rooms set up. Uh, but the projections will have physical counterparts so if they tell you to sit on a bench and there's a bench there's a real bench there uh they had a drawer unit and you could feel the knobs on it so they did have i'm assuming just like black unpainted things uh and they took you through this whole plot and if you got shot it vibrated which was incredibly startling i got shot in the back once and it was negative feedback that was incredibly motivating you know more so than just the natural drive to succeed and shoot the stormtroopers uh, you picked up these guns, and I accidentally fired it off on our stealth mission. Which uh-huh. was yeah, thanks for um, that, by the way. <laughs> I was like, where are the triggers? Oh! <laughs> so it's just neat. I do wish they had told us there would be items we were interacting with, because I didn't know I would have a gun. Uh, it was cool. You were ducking. You were you were peeking around walls. Uh, there was a puzzle-solving element. It was very cool. Very uh, good, too, because Rob's wife's not really a gamer, and she enjoyed it. That yeah. Was it was a really crazy experience because, like Tyler and I, and Amy as well, we own VR headsets. That's an interesting noise. Uh, engineer, get on that. Uh, we all own uh, VR headsets. And, well, I enjoy both my PSVR and my Oculus uh, that I got recently. They're very cool, but there's definitely a limit to response. Uh, when you're playing these games, you're certainly brought into the moment, but you're not necessarily fully acknowledging what's going on. Like your body is never fully tricked into believing that you're caught in a VR world. This one was crazy just because the weight of these harnesses with the haptic feedback motors, it did actually make you feel kind of like you were wearing stormtrooper armor. You felt restricted uh, with your mo- with your movements, which was very cool. And the spaces that you went through, it wasn't just like an open maze. This was really... The coolest thing about this for me was the headsets that we were wearing because they had both a traditional camera and infrared codes, or it's just infrared uh, scanners that were built onto them. So it was tracking your position in a room, but they were using QR scan codes that were built into different surfaces that it was actively reading. So there were doors that would actually open up that you would move through. And it was constantly reading that stuff out and projecting in real time onto your visors with this uh, CGI-created overlay. It was really, really cool uh, experiencing all that because I had my hand on a wall and then it opened up as a doorway. It's like, wow, I'm feeling this and seeing this all in real time. We're getting attacked by stuff and I'm ducking for cover underneath an actual uh, raised platform. We had a situation where we were um, having some issues doing a puzzle. I won't go into that whole story, but uh, Amy and I are just trying our best to go and uh, shoot down all these stormtroopers that are coming after us. And at one point, I just dove forward, like literally dove forward and was going and taking shots from behind cover. That was, (laughs) I was fully immersed without even needing to think about it. It was such a cool experience. It was laser tag to... The most wild degree. Another cool thing I actually forgot to mention. So we were, our mission was on a lava planet mm-hmm. and we open up the doors. We see this scene where there's lava and there's this skinny bridge. And it's actually a little oh. scary because you feel like you're very high up and they have smells of like burning. Yeah. And then as our platform lowered towards the lava, the heat in the room actually increased. It was That's cool. Really yeah. neat details. 
Yeah, it was amazingly immersive. And I'm glad to see they're opening more of these locations because I want to do this again. And I'll admit, this actually has given me more hope for VR than I've had in about the last year. Because it seems like the last year has been so limited in terms of advancements that have gone on. It's like, oh, the Vive, it's now got a wireless adapter for it. And that's cool. But well, they are also working on a new Vive that doesn't need stations. Yeah. No, that's just it. We're starting to move towards uh, stationless uh, tracking. And like we've had that with Microsoft's mixed reality viewers, which aren't terrible but also aren't the best uh, VR experience. We've seen a shrinking marketplace for games uh, over the last year. There's fewer developers that are working on it. Uh, profits have gone down for a lot of developers making VR content. You know, Oculus has done fairly well for itself with a lot of commercial industry uh, options that have come out, but that's about the most that we've seen going on in the last year. Though I did get a chance right before this trip to try out, oh God, what is it? I think it's the Lenovo Mirage, uh, if I'm not mistaken, which is another uh, closed tracking system uh, built off the same architecture as the uh, mixed reality viewers. And that was actually very cool to see, getting a chance to use the void systems and all of that uh, in head-mounted tracking was wild because that's more what... I think the eventual intention is for VR and gaming, not necessarily the full motion side of things, because obviously that's not going to work in your house the same way. But I saw a different potential for VR than I thought was really possible beforehand getting a chance to do this. And I want more people to experience it. And I want eventually, like I know it's not going to happen in the next couple of years, but I do eventually want to see that become the norm for tracking in particular on a VR system because that was crazy having three of us all viewing the same stuff in real time, being able to be next to each other, having microphones that were actually picking up on each other's uh, uh, speech, being able to issue out commands and all that stuff without having to rely on our regular ears. You know, it was all augmented and amplified just so we could hear each other rather than uh, being drowned out by the sound of the room. That was so cool. Yeah, it was a really nice thing, especially, I don't know, it was interesting because I hate those kind of rides where there's a screen and they put you in a chair and you get jostled. So it's funny because Disneyland has a ride like that called Star Tours, which I hate uh, because you sit in a chair and they lurch you forward and back and I get motion sick. And it doesn't trick me, and I just want to die. Uh, so it's just so funny that Disneyland, which is known for its perfection and everything, has this crappy Star Tours ride. But then right outside of Disneyland, you can have an amazing immersive Star Wars experience. And they had a Wreck-It Ralph one, too. Um, but it wasn't... We yeah, they weren't doing it that day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they alternate so, schedules on that. It was just funny. It was, it was, it was a funny contrast. Um, yeah. Not to say, you know, Disney obviously has a lot to offer. Um, and a lot of special effects, especially going this time of year, they had the um, Nightmare Before Christmas overlay, which was spectacular, and broke Rob's face. He was uh, making scary Rob. Can be described as Chucky meets Pennywise clown mask meets fucking 3,000 teeth. I don't even know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> scary. That ride broke Rob. I'm sorry. I was very into it. I've heard about this for the last 20 years. I've seen videos from like 10 years ago of people going through it, and it was nothing like what we experienced. That was awesome. How dare you enjoy things? Really? I know. What is wrong with me? She didn't even enjoy. I showed her the Eaton's display. We have a. Eaton's used to have Christmas displays, and when Eaton's went out of business, it's now like Christmas displays in the museum where we are, and they're like dolls moving around all animatronically. Didn't even like that. No. Did we mention I went to Canada, too? I went to Canada and Disneyland. Mm -hmm. I was just setting. So, yeah. No, that's nightmare. I'm not sure how the Canadians would feel about you invading their sovereign land. 
<laughs> we welcome all people. Because <laughs> we're Canadians. It got to negative 25 Celsius. It was... Mm. It did. It was cold. Yeah. You had some of our warmer days and we had some of our colder days. Yeah. You had a you get a good balance of all of them. At one point. That was a nice warm day. Yeah. yeah. It was good. It was like, man, it's nice out today. And you're like, it's nice out today? I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's We're cold. Disneyland, another ride that I was surprised by. I really liked the Twilight Zone. I love that series. And mm -hmm. I really liked Hollywood Tower of Terror. And when I expressed the fact that I wanted to go on the new one, I said, I want to do this because I have a morbid curiosity and I know it's going to be terrible. And you go up to it and it's this ugly ass building. And yeah, they, they really have ruined the exterior of that building with this Guardians of the Galaxy motif. It's just fucking ugly. But the ride was so good. It had this rockin' soundtrack. It had oh. more drops. It had a, a plot that was... Fun. It had audience interaction moments. Uh, it was it was it was thrilling. It was really good. I was very surprised because I was setting myself up to be uh, unimpressed. Yeah, I'll admit I had low expectations too. I'd done no research about this going into it. Just like Amy, I I loved the Hollywood Tower of Terror. I know that it kind of pales in comparison to the one at Disney World, uh, and that's just because of building codes and how tall they can make it and all that. So it's there were a lot of limitations to that. And I was sad to hear that it was going away and being replaced by what seemed like a quick, or a quick cash grab with Guardians of the Galaxy. Did not know how to feel about that. But from the queue to the actual ride itself, it's really, really well put together. They did a nice job of converting an existing ride into something new and not making it feel cheap in the process other than the horrible exterior. Also, the fact that the old Yeti from uh, the Matterhorn is there. That's pretty cool, too. The Collector's got some fun shit. Yeah, that was kind of the plot, was you were at the Collector's collection, and uh, he had collected the Guardians, and you were helping break them out. So. Hmm. Yeah. Also, that Rocket Raccoon animatronic was amazing. Yeah. Freaking love that thing. And so many drops! The drops so... You used to maybe get three of them with the other one. Now you get more. Yep. Uh, drop actually... technology is through the roof now. Literally, yes. they go through the roof. Uh, <laughs> that might have been a joke at one point, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. No, well, it's... fantastic. Yeah. You no, you no. had you had tons of fun without us. Yep. Sorry, if we're not yep. so as equally cheerful about it as you are. Mm-hmm. Go host the panel to you too, Tyler. Good time. The first go host a panel of the year, folks. Oh my god. Write it on the calendar. Mark it down. Tell your friends. Email them. Fucking write them a letter about it. Do it old fashioned like. That's right. That's some real care. Write them a letter, mail it. Yeah. Oh, you to mail them after you write them? Oh, 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 that's why they haven't been replying. <laughs> all right, all right. So enough about Amy's trip. Um, why don't we talk about some of the craziness that's gone on? Uh, I guess with when this is going to go and come on this last week. Uh, lots of news in the tech world. Lots of news in the gaming world. We had CES. We had... Um, Bungie doing the impossible. Uh, Dell slash Alienware is finally innovating again. Uh, I can only say what the fuck to that. I don't even yeah. know where to start. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Alienware. Because um, I can only remember is they had that last thing I think of is they had that one computer tower they made. And that was almost... Five years ago? Mm-hmm. Three. Yeah, about that. Five years ago, I think, is when they made that. Like, they only had one tower. And it was their gaming tower. It was... Yeah, the Area 51. Yeah. Because before that, they used to have, like, a lot of stuff. And then they got that out to Bedell. And then the computers were kind of, eh. 
I had I had one of my roommate buy one of them, and I had my uh, former boss bought one, and both of them broke on them. Yeah. No, so. it's it's weird because I remember back when Alienware was this truly unique manufacturer. Yeah. And I remember the original Area 51 and how cool it was. And it was the first residentially available unit with built in, at the time, water cooling. It wasn't even liquid cooling. It was like actual water at that time. Yeah. It's like, that was wild. And then they came out with the original Area 51 laptop. Yes. Yep. That was history making. And for some reason, hasn't even really been repeated uh, with the exception of a couple of niche pieces. Because that one had the first upgradable graphics card built into it. And that was such a wild, just like, what? <laughs> you can upgrade a graphics card on a laptop? This is going <laughs> to revolutionize the world. And then it never did. It's been like 15 years and it never did. Yeah, because uh, laptops just aren't really built for gaming. And yeah. there's some companies that have made like gaming laptops, but they don't market them as that. They just market them as powerful laptops that you can yeah. play games on. Or but... you're a Razer and you market something as a gaming laptop and it's just like, yeah. yeah, I could get something like this for a thousand bucks and still be happy. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 paying for a brand name with Razer, and I guess you're yeah. kind of doing that with Alienware too. But there's nothing else to compete with it. Like I remember when Alienware was like that was a gaming computer. Like you yeah, bought yeah. it as a gaming computer, and no one else had. They had like crazy, like just looking at them looked really neat and crazy and colorful, and they had all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of Razer is what's taking that over. So. But I don't know. Is it is it where you want to be? Because nowadays, gaming computers, literally anyone who builds their own computer just builds a gaming computer anyways, like a gaming PC. So I don't know if there's really a market for a commercial gaming PC. I, I don't know. This is kind of a weird one because, I mean, I will say, like, desktop PCs, I think that there's a lot of uh parts shops that have really worked out well because of this i buy power cybertron those guys seem to have made a nice market for themselves uh there definitely doesn't seem to be the same kind of interest in gaming uh desktops as much as there used to be from the mainline manufacturers like, yeah uh, alienware's area 51 is about the only one that really stands out and i think that's more just because of the cool case factor and that's for people that have you know more money than god and don't mind paying twice as much for their parts yeah mm-hmm. yeah but I, the area 51 m that they just announced i'll admit is actually really cool because now they've made a laptop that <laughs> runs basically desktop hardware because you can go and get the low-profile graphics cards. Uh, right now, only up to a GTX 1080, but just because they haven't made low-profile 20-series graphics cards yet. So you can get low-profile graphics cards that will fit into these guys. So we've gone back to their heritage, and now the processors are not mobile-based. You can go and get up to the 9900K and put it into this. It's the same uh, 1151 uh, pin styling on there. Which I think is the bigger news. You can upgrade the CPU on this machine. How insane is that that we have desktop CPUs now available in a laptop? Like, oh my god, watching tech TV, 10-year-old Rob would have shat himself hearing something like this. Oh, probably. Yeah. So, granted, I'm not going to pay $2,500 for the base model, but... I kind of want this thing to be a success because I want to see Dell Alienware actually innovating again. Mm. This is awesome. Thing, what was the main reason that everybody uh, immediately lost all confidence in Alien? I think it was because when it was when it was uh, acquired. Because if I remember correctly, it was because the Dell fans were just so bad that their computers were lighting, were going up in flames. Mm-hmm. There, there was a lot that went into that. I mean, the thing I remember the most was that they immediately discontinued their existing laptop pieces and just replaced them with last generation XPS hardware. I think that was more the issue. And they just continually dumbed down what you're getting out of it and charging more of a premium for it. Yeah, Because Alienware didn't used to actually be that expensive. No. Like, you could still 
build a PC for less, but we were only looking at like a 10% markup versus what you could go and buy the parts for. Now, most of that stuff, yeah, you're paying easily 30% over what actual cost would be on that for just somebody to buy the hardware. So, yeah, I don't know. Alienware actually used to be really good. I might one of my first gaming laptops was an Alienware. Yeah, and that thing did well for you for a long time, and then it just crapped out. Yeah, I mean it's funny to me because so John got uh, an Alienware seventeen. Uh, yeah, yeah, he got an R seventeen, like the first R series unit. And something I will respect about them, even though that thing did end up breaking sooner than it should have. Yeah, uh, that was the first laptop, and I did not realize this at the time. That was the first laptop that I had seen that was running an M.2 NVMe uh, uh, hard drive, or not hard drive, but uh, solid state drive on it. Mm-hmm. So he's actually still using that NVMe drive in his new computer. Yeah, we just ripped that thing out and went and plugged it into a PCI Express port. <laughs> on his, and it uh, works. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I don't imagine too many people are terribly interested in this, but that was like the most insane thing that I'd seen in a long time. I mean, Tyler, you're, you, you know, the Alienware story. Give me your comments, your feedback, your criticism. I got nothing. I don't know. Ah! What do you want to know about Alienware? <laughs> I'm just amazed that Tyler for once has nothing to say. Wow. This is weird. 2019's weird, y'all. Well, we yeah. already talked about all the alien. We're like, like, yeah. Sorry, uh, I got a little long-winded there because <laughs> we talked about it being uh, uh, good, and then it got bad when it got bought out by Dell, and they just kept breaking and kind of being shitty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they haven't made anything yet, and then now they have a new one, and it's what worth four thousand dollars for a laptop that you can exchange the uh, CPU and GPU out of. Yeah, I mean, you know, twenty five hundred for the base model, but yeah, if you want to actually have something worth talking about, yeah, four thousand. Four thousand. Up to four thousand. Um, I don't know. It's oh computers are drastically different than they used to be. Tell like, me about it. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like again, it's like building a computer. You don't buy computers anymore. Well, you do, but you don't buy powerful computers anymore. If you're gonna go have a gaming PC, you just build it yourself because it's so easy to build a pc and if you don't know how to build a pc there's guaranteed you know at least one person who knows how to build a pc that you can go ask and then they won't they can either build it for you or they can just tell you how to do it or you can figure it out yourself because that's how you learn things and it's or they look at your parts list and say no 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 those don't work together (laughs) what's that mean what are you talking about oh oh yeah. No. Yeah. That's 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 already I already said that option call of having yeah, pretty someone much. who knows how to build it and then they just help you. That that was that was part of that option. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I have a friend who uh, has his own IT business um and he helped me build my computer in exchange for one dinner. So <laughs> and I don't know, it was like the only thing that I found counterintuitive. You know when you're trying to connect two pieces of anything else and it's a tight fit you kind of wiggle one of the things uh you can't do that or you'll bend the pins that was ah. the only thing you have to kind of go straight down um so yeah. i had verbal instruction which helped because like i would have doubted every step and it would have taken much longer but he said he built his first computer just based on the instruction booklet like it's very clear uh yeah. you, just, you know there's so many and like youtube is a thing mm-hmm. No, yeah. that's just it. Even even well-known ch- or tech channels that review stuff like Linus Tech Tips have done full PC build videos where they show you step-by-step how to do stuff. It's not a rare thing anymore. Mm-mm. No. So the idea of buying a computer that's for... I guess maybe that's the fact they're doing a laptop. Laptops are still rare. Like yeah. you don't see gaming laptops. Uh, you see the Razer, which is kind of... Eh. It was... I remember when the Razer came out, it was like phenomenal and then they came out with a razor 2 instantly after that fixed all the problems the razor one had and i haven't seen anything since that they've just done some light refreshing to it and they still have the trackpad issues and they still have that terrible keyboard mm, okay so yeah um 
MSI has pretty good. They have their own kind of gaming keyboard uh, mm. or gaming laptop. Uh, they're known for just making motherboards and graphics cards, but like then they actually do have like a gaming laptop. Yeah. Uh, and then who else? Uh, I think Asus also has a gaming yeah. laptop. Yeah. Asus has uh, a couple of them that are out now. Um, I actually am looking <laughs> at buying one, to be honest, uh, because of uh, Consumer Electronics Show. They've yeah. just announced a refresh of the ROG Strix Scar 2 with a 240 hertz display. And I'm like, okay, you caught my interest. There you go. See? Yeah. Like, uh, I remember when I started building my PC, Asus was just, just kind of an up and coming in it, like, or they just well, got like they, really they used to be a chipset manufacturer, and then yeah. they started producing actual hardware, and it started off with consumer grade, and now they've got the whole Republic of Gamers line, which I think right now is probably if you're going to do pre-built, prefabric or prefabricated laptops, is probably the company to go with. They're not as sleek and compact as like the Razer Blade Stealth or anything, but. There's a lot yeah. more options, and it's definitely more optimized hardware. Yeah, yeah. No, I've I've never had any problems with them from day one. It was like as soon as they popped out, they're like they had good stuff, and they've been doing strides ever since. So, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's what it is. Either Alienware is just going to be another drop in the bucket, or they're going to do something crazy. And it doesn't feel like it. it feels like they're just going to be there, and there's just going to be another option. Maybe. I mean, who knows? But still, to the guys over at Dell and Alienware, good job. You finally gave me a reason to pay attention to you. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, other than the Threadripper edition of the Area 51, I will admit that was pretty cool that you made that just residentially available. I don't know why you would go and pay that much money for it, but hey, Threadripper in a laptop or in a uh, desktop. That's kind of cool. I'm fairly certain Dane bought one of those. A Threadripper? Yeah, he bought a Threadripper uh, CPU and put it into his rig. <laughs> and the threads were ripped. Yeah, what is so the somebody would, would buy one. <laughs> what is it? That's the, uh, that's the Ryzen 7, well, Ryzen 7 now, Ryzen 9 soon, uh, top-end 16-core uh, uh, processor. Oh, or okay. if you get the uh, server one, the 32-core. Oh, okay. I don't even know what... We... What would you even use 16 cores? Well, I, 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 I said this. I said this when I built my computer and I said, what would I even use six cores for? And I've got a four core. And now the question is, what would you even use 16 cores for? That's the joke. Okay, <laughs> so this is something that drives me absolutely mad these days because we're not seeing the doubling of information. We're not seeing the doubling of memory, CPU speed or anything like that anymore. Yeah. It's like, yeah, for developers yeah when you're looking did, at did you say you have seven cores cole no on the my list here that I, for my for my future laptop my computer yeah gotcha okay yeah whatever. anyways go on yeah like oh. it's it makes some sense to have that if you are into production design if you're doing yeah. things like uh model scaling if you're doing things like 3d rendering that's a place on where multiple cores can benefit you but yep. like for gaming in particular, part of the reason on why, even though Intel has just come out with an eight core option, the reason why they've been able to get away with four and six core options in most of their you know top tier gaming you know preferred uh, processors is because hardier cores actually makes more sense than having more of them because you have to have more threads connecting between them. You have to have extra processes running to go and properly manage all of them. And in the case of gaming in particular, most games are still only are only optimized for one core for its primary functions. The rest is just spread across the rest. Really? No joke. I kid you not. If you go and load up like, uh, let's see here. What's a, what's a good example here? Like uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. If you load that thing up and you go and check your CPU processes, you will have one that runs very high, depending on you know what you've got exactly. Uh, my 8700K, I've got one core that's running at basically 100%, and the rest of them are running closer to around 40%. Just the way the games are still being designed, they're optimized around one core doing the primary processes, and the rest just take care of supplemental parts of the program. Hmm. 
Now, part of that's also because we're offloading more and more functions over to GPU-based functions and all that. But the actual processor requirements haven't really changed all that much for gaming. It's more about the speed than it is about having more cores. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then. Yeah, it's also the reason why server-grade CPUs are terrible for gaming because they're not designed to go and spread that kind of workload the same way. No, but they have tons of cores just to process multiple things at once because exactly. it's just always going on. Yeah, but yeah. Now I want to say this for the AMD fans because I'm sure I'm going to get bad emails about this. I am not saying that Ryzen is not a great alternative to Intel. It is. There's just no need for 32 cores. <laughs> there isn't like again unless you have a server or something like that processes a lot of information like if you're rendering like that's yeah. that's the only thing i can think of is like you're having yeah, some kind of server bench yes you want that <laughs> yeah yeah because like then that's when you hit like the rendering images of something and then you just sit there rendering all day because you just have to pro well even then it's like both you want both cpu and gpu for rendering and it's just like a mixed bucket. Yeah. I don't know. Ah, yeah. it's computers. Yeah. We have just bored like 90% of our audience, I'm pretty sure. Some I don't think probably interested in that. Probably probably some of them are, but I'm also like, you know. We didn't really get into really deep tech talk either. So Yeah, you're right. They're probably all bored. 100 percent are bored. <laughs> just like yeah. that one card. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anybody want to talk about why Intel took away hyper threading on their uh Ninth generation CPUs? No, no, I'm kidding. kidding. Let's not talk about that. That's not <laughs> right. uh, how about AMD actually finally coming out with a new graphics card, though? <laughs> the Radeon really? 7, yes. Huh. Yeah, available with up to 16 gigs of memory now. I haven't, I haven't had a Radeon in my computer in a long time. It's cool just that. NVIDIA. That was, has... my first, that was my first graphics card that I ever put in a computer. Same here. Same I here. Had it, I had it back when it was ATI and they were considered the best. Mine was when they're like ATI Radon and they used both names. Because mm -hmm. yep. uh, like I got it and it was the best one for the best value. You could buy like the NVIDIA one for a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, but anything other than that was just stupid. And then it was the best one that was like, it'll play games it'll play games well and it's also not going to break like be a two thousand dollar video card yeah. it's like that's perfect and then after that the video just kept coming out with new and new and new and stuff and it's just like well why wouldn't i just have a 1080 in my thing for next to nothing or not yeah. next to nothing no, yeah a couple a couple hundred dollars how much is in nvidia 1080 right now uh 1080 or 1080 still around 400 bucks yeah, that's good. That's yeah, that's good for how much power you for can how pull much? Out of thing? About four hundred bucks for a ten eighty. Yeah. Now the prices come down a lot with the twenty series coming out. Oh, okay, because yeah. I'm just looking at what I got here for mine. Because I have an M an MSI ten seventy right here, and that that's coming up. I think the lowest price was four thirty nine. What is this? Oh, but that's before? probably Canadian dollars, though. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Uh, which would be no, higher. it's not. Hmm? Where, where, um, you, it's on, where you? It's on Amazon.com. Not CA. Oh, okay. Then it'll be, yeah. Then that's American. Uh, you're looking at what are you just looking at? But it's school? also MSI, so that doesn't really make a difference. They'll all be the same price. Yeah, they shouldn't uh, be too far off of each other. No, they they should be pretty pretty darn close. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's only going to be like their. Oh, okay, because uh, I'm only yeah. looking at the MSI right now, and that's straight off Amazon. So, yeah. Why oh, there we go. That? My original graphics card was a Radeon HD 3450. God damn. God, I probably got mine in here somewhere too. I don't know where it is. I could find it. I'm not gonna look for it. Yeah, no, no. Let's let's not do that. That's not good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, this isn't good podcast around. listening. We bored Amy like, to death. I'm looking at they're just shuffling around. <laughs> oh, it's here somewhere. I got a graphics card here somewhere. Oh god. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's you can get a really good graphics card for relatively a good price, and those graphic cards like a 1080 can run VR. Like nothing, I've had no trouble with them. I popped it in my computer and just, boom, you're playing VR right off the bat. 
VR, that was the big thing is like when I was, VR was coming out when I got my Vive, it was like making sure your computer could handle VR because it has to process. What's minimum now? 1070? Uh, no, no. For oh, they got VR, like a 1050 now, don't they? Yeah. VR, you can get away with that with a 970 or higher. Uh, but 1050, if you're going into the 10 series, it's got to be a 1050. Though I want to put a disclaimer on this because I did test uh, for a friend uh, 1050 performance with VR. It's not a great experience. You got to get the 1050 Ti if you actually want to have a good VR experience. And even that's still pretty limited. Man, at that point, you just buy a 1070 at least. Yeah, or, or at least. I was going to say at least a 1060, which I still think is the best bang for your buck graphics card because you can get yeah. those for the $200 price range. And they actually do a pretty kick-ass job. Yeah. See, that's that's the point. You just get a like a hundred dollars more, ten seventy. Yeah. You're good. You're you're guaranteed to be good. You're not you're not like trying to thin the line, unless you're because like again, if you're getting to VR, either you've got some extra spending money. It's also kind of why really I also to... like the the look of when you get um like if you get um a power supply that is more than that you will need because you're not drawing as much you're not drawing on as as hard with the one that has a larger wattage Mm -hmm. well especially with a lot of the modern power supplies and where they can actually go and adjust their run rate based on demand once again things that i never would have imagined you know 12 13 years ago being i just gotta like (laughs) I bought a thousand watt one, not a, yeah, a thousand watt power. Ooh, you supply. went over the top. Wow. Do you know <laughs> why? Because it was cheaper. On sale. Because uh, I bought it in combo with my case, and it was cheaper oh. than like a five hundred watt one. I was just that, like, that why wouldn't sense. I buy that? So my my like I built it. And it was like, why would you get that? And I was like, because it was literally the same price as a five hundred watt one. That makes so, sense. Yeah, and then. It's got all the ports and I've never needed anything to do with power or any of that. And like, I don't know, like I've never, I've never known anyone to have that as an issue of like not having enough power to run their computer. Like, have you ever run into that? Like, uh, I, I will admit I ran into that issue. <laughs> what I'm happened? Kind of you just can't turn your computer on or something or. Uh, no, honestly, my biggest issue here, and this is something I ran into, and part of this is just because equipment used to go and take a lot more. So I had a uh, 500 watt power supply on my original computer, but between the uh, 3450 requiring a four pin connector on there, the CPU pulling a lot more power than what they do today, two hard drives, disk drive. I was really maxing that thing out. It was constantly having to run at full board just to keep up if I was trying to go and run multiple things at the same time. Now, granted, this was 2006, and equipment has dropped significantly in terms of power draw, especially CPUs, which have literally been cut into like a third of what they used to be. Mm. But that was a real issue for a long time. Uh, When I updated my computer a few years ago, I got a 650 just because I wanted to go and make sure that I was covered uh, with any changes that happened. And it's rare that I even hit four because <laughs> I actually monitor my power consumption like some dipshit. <laughs> so going from that, though, just uh, because I remember you wanting to talk about other things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to figure out exactly what we've talked about so far because we kind of got off track. That's it. It's computers. We've just talked yeah. about computers. We've literally just talked about that. We didn't talk about and Disney. Let's talk about let's talk about the surprise with Activision. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Uh John, you have a lot of strong opinions on this, I know. I think it's a great thing. <laughs> Tell everybody what the great thing is. So Bungie finally uh, cut the cable cut the cord with Activision, but not only were they able to leave Activision but they were able to keep Destiny as well, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, because you actually are a Destiny fan despite having a lot of criticisms of the way that it's been managed overall. It's a game that has... That's the thing. Playing the first Destiny, I gave it a try. It was fun, but it it just felt unfinished. Mm -hmm. It's honestly a game, I think, if it was polished and just polished, it could be a good game. It could be a great game. I mean, I had fun playing it. It just was always felt short and really unfinished mm-hmm. but uh they make this cut with activision i think it could lead to some more stuff because activision always kind of had a heavy hand in a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because I know they were the ones that pushed for the always online connectivity and trying to make it more of this, you know, open world but still restrictive concept, as well as pushing it or pushing out the first one well before it was really oh yes ready for release. So many famous videos about how so much of Destiny's story scenes and all kinds of stuff that just didn't make it into the final cut because of it being pushed out. Mm-hmm. There's whole there's a whole video documentary you can watch on that. It's quite impressive. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the one that uh, I hate everything did, or is there somebody else I need to watch? I hate everything uh... did one. I'm trying to remember the other guy that actually uh, like showed cutscenes that were cut because there were actually cutscenes you would run into with interactions with people not in the city and even in the city that were just cut. Mm. including like conversations with, with vanguards crazy you know the free people that are supposed to be important in the game but really nobody even in the first one remembered their names oh you mean like um that guy from fringe yeah the guy from fringe seats and it. that lady that looks like her character model yep <laughs> and um that guy that sounds like hawkeye yep <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> God help us all. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say what could happen, but I think getting a cut from Activision could help them to make a more, I guess, finished, not really finished, but maybe make a product they wanted to make. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Destiny was their brainchild for so many years. Yeah. I can't argue that. I always find it interesting when um, game companies find out about like what their next popular thing is going to be, and then tries to rush and tries to beat uh, beat out that other person. Like for example, what I mean like for that is um, Overwatch when that was in development. Mm-hmm. What was the other game that came out of, that tried to come out of the oh, exact Battleborn? Same Battleborn. Um, Battleborn crashed. I, I don't know. I. I... Yeah, that's. I don't think they were fighting each other. I think it was just no. a weird, a weird situation where yes, there was. It was Battleborn. They, uh, yeah, multiple there was games. Two came more. Out, yeah, there was three of them. Uh, I... That came out all around the same time. Yeah, Battleborn was one. Uh, Overwatch Battleborn, was the other. Overwatch and what was it? Smite. Smite. Smite was in. Mm. Smite came out before that, but I think that kind of what was kicked it off was those kind of games. There was another one that had a. Like two syllables in the name. Uh, oh, what the hell! It closed. It it was on Facebook. It closed down lot. recently. Uh, it, uh, the servers closed down for good recently on it. Oh, or was that Battleborn? No, there was another one. Battleborn oh. disappeared a couple years ago. Before I know what it. you're talking about. It's called uh... Club Penguin. <laughs> yeah, ah! it. No. Um. God, what was it? it shut uh, down recently, though, didn't it? Yeah, Remember just recently. Because there's like. God, I can't remember the name, but the, it, it's it's a weird I enigma actually... of a situation that happened where like all these games come out that are all very similar, and then it just some stuck and some just died like that. Because I remember because Paragon, I was, Paragon, as part of Paragon, the there, it Paragon, is. that was it, Paragon, because God. they showed off Paragon at uh, PAX along with uh, Battleborn. Oh, yeah. you're right. Oh, Jesus. And I actually played Battleborn, and I liked the concept of it. It still had the character-based thing similar to Overwatch, but at the same time, it had a MOBA thing where you had your soldiers that would advance with you, which I thought was really creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it also had the MOBA-esque of like League of Legends where your abilities you gained over playing. Which is cool. During a match. And so like you during the match, uh, you'd have ability, you'd basically, just by doing things, you'd get coins and stuff, and then you could they get more abilities during that match. And then after the match is done, it just resets back to whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you're into league, I guess, I guess is battleborn even still up. Is that still, can you still no, battleborn didn't even play. make it to full release? Battleborn did. Yeah. Battleborn oh, totally still did. Out I a physical copy of that. Huh. I thought, cause I remember playing the, uh, the beta for it years ago. Yeah. But I never, th- I, th- I always thought that it had died right before it's, oh, uh, no, it went free to play. Oh, that's what happened oh, with it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. I just never heard anything about it again, so I just assumed it never One it never thing finished. that I liked about Battleborn was the humor. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's 2K games, so it is all that humor, like it had Borderlands that, humor, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this game unfortunately did kind of get murdered. This one, so I got something to say. Oh, he's got words. I do. I do. You gonna put him on blast? Get a hot take. I. Two K games and Gearbox mm-hmm. are some of the most fascinating developers on mm. the planet. Mm. Because Saying that with I, quotations, fascinating. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is a company that produces a couple of sports games, you know, WWE and NBA and all that stuff. They've done the extremely popular Borderlands series. They're also known for bleeding money off of investments from what's intended to be one game and moving it over to something else. It's what happened with Aliens Colonial Marines. It's what happened with... uh, Battleborn, like Battleborn was actually a fairly well-developed game, all things considered, Uh but they did not even try to compete on the advertising side. Like they did a couple of trade shows and all that stuff, which seems like more of an attempt to go and bring in investors and all that. And then they just kind of silently move the money over to something else and don't fully execute, whether it's on advertising or post-launch support. 2K has some of the buggiest games on the market. And it's just because they would rather focus on their one or two AAA titles than everything else that they're developing. And they go and throw a lot of producers under the bus. Hmm. I have not had a great relationship with them in a long time. They pulled a lot of crap with the Sid Meier's games. They have pulled a lot of crap with, uh, well, developers like the guys who made Bioshock. There's a lot of crap that I have to say about them. Battleborn, unfortunately, I don't blame the actual uh, game developers so much as much as I do the guys who are managing the money on there. Because that game should not have died the death that it did. Sorry, I'm still a little salty about that one. I don't know. It's because uh, that's the big thing is that game was up against uh, Overwatch. That was yeah. just it was its main competitor was Overwatch. But you got to and... remember it was in development earlier. Overwatch's biggest edge was the fact that it actually had her. It actually, you could make the argument, had been development longer because originally it started with Titan, and that was going to be the multiplayer element of it. Was what became Overwatch. It's a lot of used assets, so you had that. So they had a shorter development time. But the biggest advantage they had was the fact that Blizzard was willing to put money into this idea and get it out there. I remember the month before Overwatch had its open beta that you could not watch pretty much any one of the you know more millennial-friendly television uh, networks. You couldn't go and pull up a video on YouTube without seeing some of the best marketing for the free beta ever. And damn it, you wanted to play the free beta by the end of it. <laughs> Hell, I was barely paying any attention to Overwatch when it got announced. I just want to know what happened to the monkey in the video. And look at me now. Kind of wish that I had done a little bit more research and realized that it was just an online game, but yeah, you know, I love it anyway. Now you are the monkey. Yep, <laughs> I am a scientist. Well, that's Sorry, a lot I, of computer I and video games. I, I should not. I should not talk about Gearbox or Two K. Well, Rob, have we caught ourselves up on all the recent events? Uh, no, we haven't talked about no. the company <laughs> that's come out with an invisible trailer. So you know that's cool. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to actually talk about that because even I'm kind of bored after the like, oh, okay, you can see through a trailer. That's fun. There we go. Oh, and with that, I conclude the captain's log for this week. These were the adventures of the SS Dane Might Be Dead. (laughs) Thank you very much for anybody listening to this distress signal. I probably should have said that we were in distress. We've run out of food. But the way to go and help us is to go and find our podcast on Google Play Music Podcasts on iTunes on Stitcher, to email us with all of your food and bitcoins <laughs> at soccerrangerspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter and let us know that you still wish for us to be alive at Soccer Rangers and our much-neglected Instagram, also Soccer Rangers. 
Honestly, if you find soccer rangers out there anywhere, it's probably us. <laughs> Dying of thirst and hunger. Please help us. Please send us food. And your bitcoins. <laughs> and buy our merch at MrBeast.shop. I mean, wait, what? Oh. Thank you for listening. This is your captain, the guy in red, signing off. Ah, I've been shot! Ha it was me all along. No! <laughs> oh, radio for help. <laughs>